Allianz. Supporting all 32 counties through the Allianz Leagues. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on, Mayor, you've got to get Andy Moran into the game. We're missing what the show. We're missing what the then show. we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. Jesus, I've so many notes written down here about Kilkenny and Cork. And there's a lot about Cork and whatever's in it. Hello, folks. Uh, you're very welcome along to the Irish Examiner's Hurling Show in association with Alliance uh, for the leagues. Uh, getting down to the final two, I suppose maybe the final in some ways a lot of us would have wanted. Um, repeat of the All-Ireland final, which is amazing with all the the dipping down and the, the dits in either be doing of the league. It's amazing the two teams that met uh, last July meet again in the second most important competition. So some some teams take it serious. Marco, you had a fair road trip. I didn't go to Nolan Park, no lads. I'd, I'd been on around the place. Uh, so gone off for six hours there and and the match eight hours I suppose um was just too much on the Sunday but I, I went to the gate grounds re- really enjoyed that went over with the like to move around I don't like the soft seats saw a few pictures of the on Twitter and <laughs> soft seats don't like to be lick arson all the time I went over to the far side different view nice to watch it over there and no fuss you know uh, but look you like the limelight when you're getting fond of it and look <laughs> Fair catch, you can pull it off most of the time. But uh, good game, good game Saturday night, lesser game yesterday. Uh, you were at both, Marco. I was, I was. I'm glad I went to see both, uh, Anthony. And yeah. um, okay. just to let you know, like we might have had the soft seats on Saturday night, but we had no, we had no soft seats on Sunday. And Jim died not to went, you know, didn't have to, didn't have to. It was in the company of Charlie Carter and Pat O'Neill, two Gordon's yeah. finest. And then sitting in front of us was the great Brian Murphy, a winner of hurling and football Ireland medals for Cork, the great cornerback. Mentioned to meet Nate Quinn, Martin Fogarty, Noel Skeen, just to mention a couple of Kilkenny fellas. Oh, they all listen to the pod. They all listen to the pod, Dale, all right, okay? And every time he just said to me, when that fella Dale comes on, he says, I just, I hit the mute button on him. And he said, when you hit yourself and he just starts I listen again, he said. Ski, ski brought me home in a taxi in Marbella one night now, and we leave it at that. <laughs> a lovely fella, a lovely fella. No, we, it was great, no, to be fair. Um, it was great to go and see both matches live, I suppose it was a big thing. And uh, I suppose both games were poles apart intense in terms of intensity and desire and will to win. Like the game on Saturday night was just absolutely rip-roaring and I'd say both managers coming away getting an awful lot from us and then I thought the Cork and Kilkenny game the poor game um, lacked an awful lot of what you'd require uh, Derek Lean will be thrilled I'd say I got into a league final and Pat Ryan and his management team will have a bit of head scratching I'd say after the weekend but I suppose I, I did mention last week Anthony that I had concerns the fact that Hannity had come on against Wexford and come on against Wexford I thought Clare and had made such an influence. And I thought the concern for me was, was there a gap between the existing players and the young players? And I suppose in the evidence of what we saw yesterday, that would seem to be the situation. So I, I think from Pat Ryan's point of view, he's better off to get the warning shot now with five weeks out of the championship than maybe 
a couple of, and I think you captured it well in the exam this morning by saying, if you got to a league final and got a hammering, you only had three weeks to rectify your problems. And TJ, you've always made that point all year long as well. You know, there are certain games during the course of the year that you'll identify, but I mean, nobody wants to get a hammering from Limerick. And if Cork turned up and got to the final and turned up where they played just it would be a mauling. So we lick our wounds, Dela. The, the podcast could be could be very short today because I won't have a whole fight to say. Will there be emergency meetings, Mark? Ah, no, I wouldn't say so. No, I, I, I'd say Pat would be happy in some respects. Um, you know, they went undefeated in the round-robin matches in the league. So I think that would be good. They have shown a lot of what you want in terms of they've been behind and, and been out of games and have come back into the games. I suppose the sending off, and I don't think the sending off decided the match yesterday. But in terms of, we say, if you were going to haul in being five or six points down, having 15 players is a bigger help. But some of the wides the cock had yesterday were just unacceptable. And, um, you know, I, I think we, some of the decision-making was poor as well. And then to concede so many frees. And they ha- I'd have to say, I thought I thought Liam Gordon had a fine game on Saturday night. I thought um, John Keenan was a little bit fussy yesterday for me. And particularly early in the game, uh, like Billy Drennan was unerring from frees yesterday. Eight frees, four sixty-fives, And I thought Kilkenny got a good few breaks. There was two balls that went wide. And they were away for 65. There might have been deflections on him. So I thought Kilkenny got a lot of the breaks. But that still, I wouldn't be taking away from Kilkenny's victory yesterday. I just thought that everything that could go wrong for Cork did go wrong yesterday. And um, I thought there was a difference in the standard of the refereeing as well. I thought, I thought John was smart. And now, saying all that, it's probably his first game back, Anthony, since the high-profile standing down of, I would say, John Keenan last year. Because we all thought he had a fantastic Munster final. And John was obviously under a little bit of pressure, I would suspect, as well yesterday. And he'd probably come under a little bit more scrutiny now on the Owen Downey red car because nobody seems to know what it was for. My suspicion is that he left the square to get involved with the fracas that was 40 yards away. And I think just talking to referees locally, it's always the third man in or the fifth man in, maybe if there was four fellas involved. You know, let the, the 25th let the man in. I know, I should, and, and that was Pat Ryan's uh, opinion, but I think, you know, if two fellas are going at it, let him at it, because the fella that comes in is the person who gets the, the punishment, I would suspect. And, and I'm thinking, without any evidence whatsoever, that that is the only thing that Owen Downey could be pulled up for. But I'm sure, as you know, with, with all video evidence now, all teams have their own videos and their own cameras, and then all have different angles on it. But I said this before, the minute you raise your hand to any player, you're asking for trouble. And you hit a in the helmet with your hand or your holy intentionally, you're in trouble. You're asking for trouble. So, you know, all we can do is wait and see what, what's on the referee's report to take from there. Yeah, it, it went on a kind of an unsightly length of time. We all know Hurling Rose and probably all have been involved in Hurling Rose. Say it was a row. I don't think there was too many dangerous strokes. But it no. was... And delighted to be joined today by Ken Hogan again. It did go on, Ken, that bit longer than we'd like. Didn't, you know, it'd be just over a couple of yellows, move on. Um, but it just went on longer. And John then had to consult with, you know, his umpires. And he was running around. And um, it just was impossible to stop the next little fracas. Yeah, the one player frustration of, of Cork uh, bore fruit there, I think. They were trying to take the free. Kilkenny stood in their way. Obviously, teams are instructed. It's a, it's a, a sort of uh, an annoying 
uh, situation that arises in every game now where lads stand in front of the ball, hold the ball up. I mean, it's a simple solution. The ref should be on the ball there or the linesman and take the ball up 20 yards. It's as simple as that. Run up at the ball 20 yards and that'll cut all that out straight away. But twice Cork tried to take the quick free, twice uh, Kilkenny ob- uh, obstructed him and then there was a frustration. But as you mentioned, it went on, the melee went on too long it was actually finished, and the next thing the two midfielders stayed at each other as well. And next thing it off, it went again. And that that made for the official saying here, oh, hold on here, this didn't look good, it looked ugly. And obviously Owen Downey uh, paid the price for that. Yeah, um, bit, a bit unfortunate, TJ, that one guy, you know, <laughs> like, I mean... There was flicks of hurlies going into stomachs and maybe lower down that as well. Too. But from what I could make out, even the two boys in the Sunday game last night, I don't think it had any answers for us either as to what Owen technically did. So unless, I suppose we just have to wait for the report. Cork will have to wait, wait for the report anyway to see is he definitely saying his linesman or one of his umpires saw Owen down he strike him with the hurley. It was def- very difficult, even with TG Carr replaying it three times. And I've seen a load of replays on social media and then last night, Again, um, difficult one for, for them to to try and say one, one lead is more guilty than the rest. Yeah, for sure. Like, difficult for the referee. I agree with Ken there. Like, move the ball 20 yards very quickly and get on with it. And then players will kind of get back in the zone. But um, from the referee's point of view, he probably has to rely on, let's say, his umpires and his linesmen and to get that sort of information because he can't see everything that's going on. I thought when he dished the four yellows that that would be... That was easy when I was watching it on telly, but then actually when you called one down, you kind of knew after this and four yellows, when you get the call. I, I haven't been involved in situations like that myself in the past, when the yellow cards are dished, if you get called after that, you know you're, you're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, no it, it was obvious. I, I, was sit, I was sitting with Charlie Carter, and Eamon Brennan was beside me, and John Keenan came in to consult with his umpires, and he told Don Downey to come out, and he left him in, on his own. Then he flashed the four years and said, this was gone and like, he, he wasn't going to be getting yeah, anything yeah. else. So, you know, but... Um... Yeah, I suppose it, what, 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 on the game, what I was going to say to Mark is like, there's like from the Cork people in the ground, like surely, like I, I, I certainly felt before the game and talking to you, Mark, on the way home from the game on Saturday night, I felt looking at the Kenny team, given how many they were short um, from the All-Ireland final last year and given, let's say, potential top-class forwards they were short. It looked like there was a good opportunity for Cork to continue what they'd done really well in the league. I suppose my question is, like, was Cork people thinking that it was the same old, same old, again, like with, with similar players basically not showing up? We had kind of passing over across the half-back line. TJ, like do, that, do, do you not buy the examiner on a Saturday for a quick read of Mike Colliam there? And you, you'll know I did, I did. Sunday, didn't I? You know? I, know, <laughs> I know, I know, but I, 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 I just thought... That you were wrong. I, I I just felt I know going to Nolan Park was going to be tricky, but I just felt that this was kind of a, a new, energized, buzzed up Cork getting nice, quick, fast ball. It looked like as if they had a fast forward line picked, and it was tailor made for quick, fast ball. And we didn't see any of that. Like I said, from the from the, from the get go, um, didn't see any ball nice, nicely flashing to the full forward line. I know we'll talk about Saturday night as well, and we probably didn't see any quick ball to either full forward line either. But I'm just saying. From Cork's point of view, Mark, and just a general feeling afterwards, was there a feeling of same old, same old? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. From the, and, and, and TJ, from the word go, Cork looked lethargic, which is very surprising. I mean, like, they have been, all year long, they have delivered the ball quickly from the halfback down midfield into the inside line. 
and we saw lateral stuff kind of going back to 12 months, two years ago, hand passing it just because of the fellow beside you, I'm going to give you a hand pass, or I'm going to give you a hurry stroke. There was no quick ball came to the forward line. And like you said, like the Jack O'Connor, Shane Kingston, Connor Cahillan, Connor Lehan, all fellas best with pace, but they just never received that ball. Now, saying all that, it's unacceptable of the amount of times that the Kilkenny backs came out of the ball unchallenged, no bit of resistance put on them whatsoever. Like the cockbacks were overran on a number of occasions, and early doors there was there was Kilkenny backs delivering balls into the top left-hand corner with 40, 50 yards in front of them. No sign of a cock defender. So I think overall, TJ, it was a step backwards. I don't know what the reason was for it um, because it certainly hasn't mirrored any of the performances that Cork have had this year. They have been really good. They have, as I said earlier on, drifted out of games but got, got themselves back into it with their hurling and commitment. And just for some, and it never changed during the course of the game. That, that's what the concern for me was that it didn't change at any stage, that they didn't realize that they were maybe playing around with the ball too much. And then we saw just before the, the Malie, Patrick Hogan, and Tim O'Manny were coming on, and maybe they could have been introduced, I would suspect, maybe five or six minutes earlier because we, you know, the second half, you, you were expecting something to happen, and it wasn't happening. When you have fellas of that caliber on the sideline, I thought that the, the, the young fellas just weren't, I suppose, playing that well. And maybe an injection of some of the more experienced players might have steadied the ship a little bit more. Then the melee happened in the sending off. And maybe the two lads coming on, it didn't have as massive an influence on the game as what they would have been expecting. But say well, Huggy, that, Huggy, he, Huggy made a fair difference, Mac, didn't he? He did. He did. Oh, he, he, did. he did. And he showed a fair bit of enthusiasm now, which was great. And and later, like there were still only four points in it when Conor Lehan got an easy enough chance and he knocked it wide. Shane Barrett elected to tap a ball over the bar when he could have crossed it to Paddy Power. When you're looking for a goal, when you're looking for something, a big score, I thought Shane should definitely have flashed it across the back, you know. Um, but that's that's inexperience, I'd say, Anthony. And I think we'll have gained a lot from it. And you know, no, going back to last Monday. The two things I would have said, like, was the, the golfing class between Hannity and the rest of the players and Tip and Cork, the two teams that invested so much in the league were coming up against the All-Ireland finalists from last year. And both managements and both sets of players were going to learn an awful lot from this weekend. And I think I think both teams have learned a lot. But really disappointed in Cork's performance. But I'd say, like, when you say, Sean O'Donoghue, Shami Hamley, Robbie Flynn, Patrick Hogan, Darren Fitzgibbon, Tim Manny, Dickie Dalton. There's a lot of physicality in those seven lads there. When they'll be introduced back into the panel in five weeks' time, I'm hoping that we'll see a different team. But I think probably some of the questions, and, and TJ, you know... Are you going back to the last team, so Does Pat Roy know his team, right? Okay. Maybe this weekend... Well, I said this weekend has probably been a defining moment for him. Yeah. You know, if he yeah. if he was only looking for maybe three or four, maybe the point maybe we made there about the, the stocks and shares go up when the defeat happens, don't they? The stocks and shares. Any for the not involved yesterday has been right up the pecking order. Robbie, Robbie, you feel like Ronaldo, no, like. <laughs> yeah, I believe to be fair, like Tommy Tommy O'Connell, now to give him to give due credit, had a fine game for Cork, hit an awful lot of ball. I think Robert Downey at stages hit a lot of ball. He got a fantastic score. He showed fierce enthusiasm for the point he got. 
you'd just love to see him doing that maybe 10 or 15 just times after the road. in the game. Like, yeah, yeah. But sure, why, why do you need a row to get to get going? Like, I mean, this is a league national semi final, and uh, you, you'd just be expecting more drive and determination. Is Robert going to have to go back full back now with this situation? I, I, Will he basically yeah, I have to team up? Well, that's it's, it's it's edging towards that anyway, and today we suspect, um, you know, that's that's possibly what, what's going to happen. I would say now, but there's still a lot, still a lot to go. Like five weeks is a is a, is a good is a good period of time. We don't know what happened in advance in the in the match, but training block the cock went to win. I presume they would have wanted to win, and Pat has come out and said he's really disappointed with the performance. So. I mean, as you said, Dela Cock wouldn't be, or Pat Ryan wouldn't be putting on the handbrake like yourselves against Limerick or Randy. Or so, <laughs> I mean, there'd be a lot of fellas would tell me that um, two years ago when we beat Kenny after extra time and we got a mauling by Limerick in the Ireland final, that we'd have been better off if we weren't in the Ireland final. So, in a fortnight's time now, we'll see what's going to happen. But um, I think we're, I think we're fragile at the moment, is what I would suspect. A lot of work has been done. And, and, you know, we just had a bad day at the office. And, you know, for a crowd that had a bad day at the office, there was still only four points down with four minutes to go. So, you know, but we were never going to reel him in, I don't think. Never going to reel him in. Yeah. Um, and on to the victors then, uh, TJ. You know, he'll be happy. You, as you said, eight starters down. Marcus listed off the tail of war, who Cocker missing. And some of them, their own supporters would say, it's time to move on from him. But... I could see the loss of Harney. They couldn't get the ball past Derek Harker and Hugh Lawler. And for me, David Blanchfield was outstanding uh, left halfback. They couldn't get the ball past them most of the time. And then the work rate of, of Murphy and, and Fogarty in midfield, I think they, they choked them there. Um, and then subsequently, they couldn't get good ball inside. Uh, Paddy Power, I thought if he got it, looked threatening enough early on. He's, he's gamey, I think. And um, But for Kilkenny, the two... You know, he's experimenting still. His injuries, obviously, Cody and Mullen would be playing. I suppose TJ is going to be just left for the championship, I'd imagine now, unless he reappears. Uh, but a couple of things, you know, an awful lot uh, invested in in my fantasy captain, Billy Drennan. Fair play to you, Billy. Only for you, I'd be known with Johnny McGrath. <laughs> I've, I've very little left. Thank God I can't wait for Kilkenny and Limerick fellas to get through for the final. So uh, my my try and win the local anyway, but I won't be I won't be competing in, in our one. The other thing is the move of Parik Walsh back to the backs, TJ, and that, that seemed to work very well. I mean, the Cork let him have the short puck out. Maybe you shouldn't have let it go to Parik. You should have closed Parik and said go to Mikey Butler or or go to Tommy Walsh. Um, but he's very comfortable on the ball, and he will pick out a lovely ball to the half back to the midfielder who's coming looking for it. And I think this is the idea of doing, putting him back there. And I'd say he'd be very happy with that. Yeah, I think so. And and I suppose, first of all, the culture and work rate and physicality that Cody kind of just mined for years definitely lives on with, with Derek. Like, I suppose that's the first piece. Like they just were say that to TJ there before, before uh, when he was interviewed in the Sunday game last night, if you closed your eyes, you'd swear to Cody. Yeah, you'd swear to Cody. I agree. I agree. So, in, in, in fairness, um, well, sometimes, like, nothing really changed. Like, in fairness, Kenny, they did do what it says in the tin, their work rate, their fight, it, it, it was unbelievable. To touch on a couple of things, I think the flexibility within a lot of teams now with that moving of players from half back to half forward and up back to pitch is definitely getting more common. And the number four position for sure because of teams 
maybe sticking to play two up top, that number four becomes freed up. And you can't leave a really good player have simple ball like that because they eventually will hurt you. They'll put ball into positions where it'll be good for the forward. So that's something something to work or look at in the, in, in the championship coming up. Again, Kilkenny were looking for goal chances. And I take Mark's point about Cork only being three points down near the end of the game. But at the same time, Kilkenny had created a couple of goal chances. They could have easily had two or three more goals um, like if, if, if the finishing had been better. Like So they were looking for them. Even right at the death, I think Keane Kenny went for a goal, which wasn't done like when it was an easy ball tap over the bar. So like the, 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 the things that Cody instilled in the team, they're definitely still there. So uh, Derek would be really, really happy with that. No doubt for me, Dale, Billy Drennan looks the real deal. Like, uh, might not have got a huge amount of ball, but he was still looking to create. He tried to dink two or three balls in to create the goal. Um, his smartness, like he's, he's stroking of freeze, 65 and 70. He's striking them as if they're 21-yard freeze and just beautifully over the, over, over the black spot. Just an absolute... You would have thought that maybe somebody couldn't be in TJ Reid's percentages of freeze um, right now at the start of his career. He's is is really really impressive player, and to add him to let's say the other forwards potentially they're coming back. I don't know. I suppose it's a question for Derek now, and I don't know what stage all these players are at two weeks out before a league final. Does does he stick with some of the guys he's had, or does he kind of maybe introduce some of the other guys? But certainly from let's say building a panel and building a bit of depth and maybe one or two changes to look at from the Ireland final last year it's that box has definitely been ticked for Derek he definitely has options and definitely maybe more on such a flexibility within like Hugh Lawler playing at six uh, Paddy Deegan's his, his position Parik Walsh's position so he's definitely looked at an awful lot of things now whether he changes that from game to game into the Leinster Championship or whether he sticks with a certain kind of maybe certain 15 that will all be waiting to be seen. So, But I, w- I would say for Derek, very happy this morning that he's building something nice. It's a lovely game for them in, in that you can have a lash off it, as you said, with whatever team he puts out. And then you've Westmead and with you respect and, and congrats yeah. to them as well. We'll touch on them later. Um, th- he'll be able to negotiate that fairly comfortably. So it's a nice one for him to, to get under the belt now. And you could see he meant a bit to him afterwards. I'm not so sure some of the cockheads you know, I said it in the article today, drinking their cup of tea on Saturday night, watching the Gaelic grounds. We're saying, Jesus, do we want to face into them twice in the next few weeks? I don't know. No, I don't know. Uh, you you always refer to the handbrake, Marco, not me, but um, I'm not saying Pat pulled the handbrake. I think a few players might have pulled the handbrake. But anyway, uh, on I, I the Petty I, 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 I did see you having a cut off the cocklers again, and I'm my old buddy, Mark Foley, the former dentist and former player. Sorry, he's a current dentist. I'd say he'd be on Twitter there again asking you, do you know anything about Holland? <laughs> he, will, he, won't, he, won't, he won't go on today, Mark. He'll wait for... Don't, wait be, for rattling, the... don't be rattling him up now, will you, for God's sake. He's gone away for a couple of years there. I don't think he's said anything to you for a couple of years. I uh, know. We're good pals again, though, myself and Mark. Sure, you never forget 1990 for what that man done. Uh, incredible. Absolutely. incredible. Sean Kennedy, he'll tell you all about it. I know, I know. Ken, the Paddy Deegan one. The, the Paddy Deegan one. Uh, you know... I, I love it. I think it's innovative. It's some. It's it's Derek looking at changing things. Can it bring something? An energetic guy. I mean, how fit is he? How many runs does he make? Yes, has he the finesse to, to actually play up there? Do you know, a couple of balls. Maybe should have buried the goal. Credit to Brian Hogan. Good save. Yeah. You know, um, but a couple. Patrick of Collins. Patrick Collins. 
<laughs> yeah, oh, Patrick Coyle, sorry. Oh, yeah, she's that's kept in my mind as well. Uh, maybe the, the, the clear I'm tip is too close. You, you <laughs> have rattled, yeah, no, <laughs> what I mean is, yet though, for their goal, he made that incisive run and didn't, instead of shooting himself, popped it to Massey Keown, a beautiful finish to the corner. So, is, it a, is there a future in it or would you be seeing him going back, do you think? Well, you, you, you take the All-Irelands and the learning curve of, of the All-Ireland final against Limerick. Um, the half-back line was Michael Walsh, now in Australia, Richie Reid, uh, of course, okay. was on the panel, and okay. Paddy Deegan. Now, in the aftermath, Kilkenny put up a huge performance in the All-Ireland final. I think everybody was very pleased. But at the end of the day, when it was analysed, uh, that half-back line got a fair drubbing off the, off the Limerick half-forward line. Morrissey and Hegarty particularly went to town. Um, Paddy is a utility player. That's and I'd say he 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 wouldn't take that as an insult himself. He's one of these guys that can play everywhere. He started off as a left corner back. He's gone to the half back line. He's played in the middle of the field. Um, he showed the drive and determination that he has in his game. Uh, Patrick Collins made a great save from him. You could see him coming back out, grimacing. You know. Uh, given out to himself that he didn't finish the goal. Um, what I saw with him yesterday was he's normally very left-handed, but he did strike a few great balls off his right-hand side, which means he has the, the dexterity to play on both sides and use the ball. Um, with the modern-day game, lads, with the five forwards, you see with Tip, Seamus Kennedy's at it. Um, I remember the kid... The kids in the block, Tommy Morrissey and Gerard Hegarty, playing as Batman TJ for Limerick and now have graduated to absolutely outstanding wing forward. So I think Paddy Deegan is quite prepared to play. He loves that Kilkenny jersey. I think he can create a lot of opportunities for the other Kilkenny forwards. In every team, you need forwards that can make the thing happen, that can assist in uh, getting scores, but also... Uh, to Harry back, as Mark alluded to, which didn't happen in the Cork uh, forward line yesterday, to get back, to get the recovery and to get the flick. So Paddy's the one guy that can make it up there. Uh, he still maybe could get an opportunity of playing midfield. When you mentioned the Evan Cody's, the own Mullins of this world, the Tejas of this world coming back in, he could still end up at midfield. But by God, um, the Shane Barreting mark, I saw it clearly on TG Cahar. Um uh, they were screaming for the ball. Parry Power was screaming for the ball. It was something like the Conor Kilkenny, uh, Conor Costello thing when Dublin should have won the, the, the football match as well uh, get, you know, uh, against Derry. And the same opportunity uh, can arise. Paddy Deegan is never going to try and score on his own there. He had two opportunities. He, he could have given it um, to young Clifford, or he, but he decided... The finisher was Massey Keown, and he made that opportunity with his right hand pass, the, the famous Kilkenny hand pass. So I think I think he has a great chance to do it. I think Tipper working with Seamus Kennedy in the same department, Dalo. Yeah. Um, I think the five forward system where you have finishers, but you also have guys that need to uh, win hard ball, recover the ball, get back, and Paddy Deegan fits that very well. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's worth persisting with, and you can imagine maybe the damage he could do, Ken, would read Mullen and Owen Cody added into, you know, uh, a lot of the lads, you know, you mentioned Timmy Clifford, um, Billy, Billy's only new in there as well, he's going to be learning how Paddy plays and all that, um, and, and a few changes up there, so you can imagine what he might be able to provide for 
those lads and John Donnelly I thought outstanding yesterday I have to say he needs special mention really put in a massive shift and scored along with it so Mark, I mean Kilkenny would, would not have been happy with their back line last year the concession yeah. of, of a big amount of scores it's, it's most on Kilkenny like the Hugh Lawler experiment at centre back centre back has been a little bit of a problem for them Park Walsh has been tried there Richie Reid has been tried there and uh, Tommy Tommy Walsh seems well suited to playing at full back if they have two fast cornerbacks, Mickey Butler obviously is one of them. Um, if they can, uh, you know, fill those holes, well, then if Hugh Lawler, Hugh Lawler is as game as you'll get anywhere, as you well know, yeah. and also will play for the team. He won't be going for the Holy Marys from the middle of the park. Yeah. He will He will give that deliberate ball into that forward line. So, Kenny are work in progress, but again, as you mentioned, they can have a right cut off that league final, go out at hammer and tongs, Westmead coming down the tracks, Take these fellas on, see what they're made of, and I think it's it's actually a very exciting league final to look forward to, lads. It is, it is. Um, I don't know, I don't know is there a fixture in yet, lads? Is it totally Saturday night week? There was talk of Saturday. I, I think the football finals are going to be fixed on the Sunday, so there, there, there was talk of Saturday. I didn't, I didn't get a fixture yet. No, maybe Larry might have it by the end of the show. One last thing, Marco, you 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 listed out the great and the good uh, of of the cats there, and, and Brian Murphy. In fairness, Joe, um, what's the sense in the crowd? Is as I had the volume up full blast, like trying to, I thought it was a bit muted, the atmosphere. And oh, are, are they? No, but just, just, a, yeah. there's a new style of play, right? And we saw glimpses of that with Cody in the last few years, but then it got thrown out the window and to a large extent later on in the year. But you get the sense with Derek and Peter Berry and the lads that they're going to persevere and to feel, you know, this is the way they can win in Ireland. First year in as well, and he'd be bringing on a lot of his under-20s. Saw a couple, you know, coming off starting and, and one or two off the bench. So, the, the, is well, how are the how are the natives taking it? Because I wrote a note. It, it it will take the natives a while to get used to this. You know, the, the slow build up and the sharp crowd and a couple of passes across I, the twenty one yard line and things. I think the natives were quite happy the fact that they were in front and they were never led at any stage that they didn't give an they didn't get an opportunity themselves to criticize I suppose. And criticize might be too strong a word to use, but you have been subjected to 25 years of the most solid, physical, hard hurling that you've ever seen, I think, in Brian Cody and a Kilkenny team where it was going long at all times, man to man. And let the best man win. There obviously is an obvious change. Or Murphy is taking short for out to the cornerback and coming up the line and all that kind of stuff. Um, the delivery isn't the same as it would be from Limerick. So a cornerback gets it. He's hitting it to the ground where the wingback has to control it. Whereas in the Limerick scenario, it's the ball never goes to ground. It's straight into the hand. So they don't give the opposition the opportunity to flick the ball away from you. That is a key thing. So they're definitely a work in progress. The crowd were kept at bay, I would suspect, yesterday because of the fact that Kilkenny were leading for all of the game. But I don't think you'll have any of the older lads convinced that the way forward is a short, is a short game. The older brigade and uh, I would say maybe my own generation are just sitting back and watching it evolving in front of them, I'd say, Anthony. Um, but like when you throw in the better players up front, it'll make an awful lot of... I suppose if you go longer on a more regular basis, you know, you, you would be helped by the, the likes of the Mullins and the TJs and the old Cody's up there. Um, I, like, I'd say Kilkenny know themselves, they would feel themselves, look, what, 
uh, you know, a Leinster title would be brilliant. Uh, getting to an All Ireland semi final final would be brilliant. Do they think they're capable of beating Limerick? I think in the performance that we saw on Saturday night, there's nobody is capable of beating Limerick this year, and for me, you know, uh, yeah. unless I was going to say to Dale O'Leary, and you probably know more than anybody, Dale It's like, even though the perception, let's say, going back for, let's say, Coley's entire career, maybe beyond, is that Kilkenny were upfront, traditional, 15 and 15. But, like, when you broke that down, like, how many times have you seen Owen Larkin back in his own 21-yard line? Like, <clears throat> like they, they were innovators too. Like, their half hour then was coming deep, working their socks off, then well, playing good forwards. It might have been maybe, maybe what was it called? I, I don't know, maybe looked a bit different because let's say Henry was there or Tommy Walsh was there and it looked mm-hmm. like as if they were just lumping ball forward and they had balls to players to win it. But I, I just think that maybe Kilkenny, I suppose maybe this new generation will want something a little bit different and they'll make sure that they have the players to go with it. So I, I don't think this will be as big a kind of a, a concern for the Kilkenny punter as maybe we, we might think, as I said, like this lump it forward and win your own ball, I think we're all kind of of the opinion that's gone. Like you know, There has to be some sort of a, a a game plan or a structure or a coaching piece to it now. Yeah, but as you say, they were, yeah, well, Larkin was always one that, uh, you know, and they had one or two that would regularly repeat. That didn't stop maybe Jackie Turl winning the met ball at cornerback and just lumping it over yeah. the yards. <laughs> Diagonal now, he'd, he'd, he'd always yeah. join that yeah. team. And Tommy Walsh win it. Kept well, so look, Jackie will tell you himself, Jackie didn't have the hands to be pinging 30 or 40 yard passes anyway. Like, he just knew one way to turn and lump it long. I'd say I'd be in trouble on next time I meet him. <laughs> no, look, um, yeah, it, I just thought it was it was evolving and it was being stuck to, and uh, I was wondering, yeah, I would, that I, yeah, I would agree with you. It, it is being it is definitely being stuck to, and it is a way easier to play that game plan when there's no major pressure being applied to you. So I don't think anyone coming out in Northern Park will say to themselves that we, we were really good today and the game plan was working because the cock forwards just didn't hook and harry and chase as much as they should have done yesterday. There was no physicality in the, fo- in the forward line yesterday. And, um, you know, it's not all about scores. I mean, some fellas will think, oh, give me the ball in my hand and I'll get the scores for you. But there's a lot more required from forwards in the modern in the modern game. Yeah, and, and yeah for league semi-finals, it was a very it was a very harmless game for a league semi-final. Um, I picked up that too, Dale. Though, like it was very even the crowd-wise, uh, I felt like a league semi-final. You saw the, the open stand there at the far side. Uh, you know, it was thinly populated. That's not like Kilkenny uh, usually. So I think it was very low key, and and the game never took off at all. Yeah, was Damien Cahillan lucky, lads? Straight out, Mark, was Damien Cahillan lucky? Have you seen the replays? I, I saw the replay, like, it's fucking a sh- sh- Like, it was only a tap, I would say, like, you know, but the head. where was he going? Like, where, where did he think he was going to get the ball from? Could, like, he made no attempt to play the ball, in my in my view. I mean, he wasn't even close to the hurley or where the slitter was. I, very, very silly now, in my opinion. But was it a red card? I actually didn't think it was a red card, because I didn't think there was any major intent in it. I thought it was silly more than anything. And he, he might get a retrospective bang for it now, but... Um, well, it was dealt with, so he won't. No, he, he, no, won't no. he was yellow carded. Yeah, yeah. He was yellow carded. Like so, another incident um, at the weekend, it, it was dealt with. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, uh, silly is what I'd say as well. Then. Silly. Silly what I'd say about uh, David Fitzgerald and Claire as well. Just silly, stupid. Like, you just men of the whole yeah. jersey. Stop, don't... 
Don't strike funny, out. The funny thing, Galo, about defensive structures, and I mean, you were always told growing up as a kid, you stay goal side of your right of the forward. But in that instance, that ball fell harmlessly in the ground. Billy Drennan kicked to the head. There was no cork. There was no cork yeah. forward between the goals and Patrick Collins. No cork back man. I mean, mm. yeah. the three cork men were on the wrong side of Billy Drennan. Uh, and like, when you're a defensive coach, and, and we have all these systems going at this stage, of our, you know, we know about that's evolving. But to think that the three cork men were the wrong side of the forward, it, it, it beggars belief. Yeah, I had a special interest in him because he's my captain in my fantasy and I need him to keep scoring to keep me some bit respectable. But then I was there. There's there no chance here anyway. It's just a shamazzle. And the next thing, it was like the partner at the Dead Sea. He was kind of in the goal. Like, and you could see what he was trying to do. Of course, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and actually they were probably Cork's best line, the full back line, if you want. You know, they did fair jobs at able to fair a lot of ball went in and 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 as we said, they did get a few chances, two at least, that, that might have been converted to her. Owen Murphy had very little to save. And sure, look, we move on and we know Cork will come out now and be like savages uh, when they appear after watching the first rounds and nice and fresh. Uh, All guns yeah. blazing. Yeah. Well, they'll need to be Mark, won't they? They, they, they know that. And oh. they know that. And that'll be driven. I, 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 I have a feeling that Pat Ryan and his management would have a restless, a restless nice sleep last night, I would suspect. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they, overall, I said they'd be disappointed with the performance. And... You know, when you come under pressure, do you revert the type? And there was just so many un, unrequired hand passes back and forth to fellas instead of delivering the ball to the forwards that had done all year. That's what really concerned me, that when the pressure came on, the lads reverted the type that had been doing for the last two or three years. And that, to me, was a concern yesterday because they had played some nice brand of hurling up to this in Kenya at the, at the, the, the pre-season final Thought they hurled reasonably well and tipper flying at the moment, to be fair. And that game was a livelier game. But yesterday's game was, was really devoid of any spirit and drive and determination. Like you'd never think that there was a, a league final at stake. And I take your point, Anthony, that maybe some fellas were drinking tea and biscuits on Saturday night and saying, Oh Jesus, we'll pull up sticks. But if that is the attitude of the players, they don't have much good they, they won't do you in come championship because the yeah. championship will go up another step like you know? Marco, in, in in relation to personnel, right? I, I is Mark Coleman's out for the championship, isn't that right? And but I'm expecting Darren Fitzgibbon. What's the story with him? Is he is he due back? And Robbie O'Flynn, will Robbie O'Flynn make five weeks time? Is there a massive like? They both of them will make championship, but they they're like Darren has played no league match all year, and oh. Robbie has played a half an hour against Limerick. So you know they, they are lacking game time, which is a concern. I would suspect Tim Manny the same. Even though Tim. Tim made an influence yesterday when he came on. Um, and like look, they have a lot of they have a lot of years under their belt. They're experienced players, but there's nothing like having a couple of matches under your belt. And uh, it would be a concern. And it'll be difficult to get matches now because all the teams are going to be involved in their own robin. So like where are you going to get a challenge match? So they're not going to get it in Munster. So possibly Galway, maybe in a fortnight's time, if you were you want, a cock manager. I don't want to put Pat Ryan my went to that place. Yeah, I don't know. I get it. I get those. Ken is a good field numbers there. I, 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 I would suspect that that's, that's where they'll be going. They'll be looking for... But they'll probably only get one, one challenge match here between here and Championship. And I think they're going away to uh, for a couple of days pre-season... Tra- or not pre-season, but pre-Championship training 
Portugal. We can't afford to go. We can't afford to go to the sunshine and stuff like that, like like the, the Limerick lads or the or, or the Waterford lads. But we we we'll shop local, like they say. Really? Down to Castle we'll shop local. You get a deal no, in Castle Yeah, they, <laughs> Castle Mather or Forte will take care of them. But I think they're going to spend the money outside the county this year. Oh, up they're country, up the country. Captain House. Uh, I, I I don't know. He he said it there on the paper there today. Uh, where they're going. I think I was mapped here. Um, I, I come back to you in that, but he, he definitely is going away in the 15th to 16th. So if there's a couple of lads missing from work and stuff, let you know where they are. <laughs> <laughs> right. Enough of the cartness. You can let us know later on the show where um where they're going. But uh, yeah, I just I think it sets us up for the final we probably want in that we you don't have a Munster team in a Munster team. We don't don't have a Linster. Where are they going? Johnstown House, Enfield, 15th and 16th of April. Don't tell the yeah. media whatever you do, the cameras will be all over them. Just off the motorway, that's very handy for the media. Any, if I come from Dublin and he goes to it, I'll, I'll definitely just pull in the car there and have a look. It's just off the motorway. I'm not giving away any trade. Just in case you think I'm giving away any trade secrets, it's actually in the paper today. So. <laughs> no, you obviously don't read the exam there, on. You won't get the blame. <laughs> Under this year's yeah. regime, you won't get the blame at all. You won't. You won't. I know, I know, I know. I go easy on them. Les, the headline uh, in today is uh, from Owen Cormican. Uh, no, Owen doesn't write the headlines, obviously, but he writes the piece. Um, you can't but sit back and marvel uh, about the Gaelic grounds on Saturday night. And I presume, you know, I haven't gone into it in too much detail now between one thing and another and uh, turning off the um, alarm on the phone and not pressing the snooze button, then all of a sudden it's an hour later and you start rushing to get things. But uh, anyway, um, where I'm living, there's no shop next door to pop in for the examiner, so I have to, I have to go up to Kimmel. But anyways, yeah, lads, it was it was kind of maybe expected there would be a tongue lashing from the boys at halftime. First of all, to say a tip came out with that manic aggression, Ken, um, tying and setting the tone, uh, three points in play in the first half, and uh, there was really no sign of Willem. I don't know who barred the throw in, which is, I think, he's quite lucky that we're not hearing much about it. I know Liam Gordon was trying to get the players back, as far as I could see. The new rule they're supposed to be inside the 45, except the four yeah. guys, and he, he was faced away. Um, and I think Alan instigated it, but after the shake ends, he, he came in for a dunt, and I suppose that that kicked it off. But the, I, I just thought Will's reaction was. OTT, I will say, with that one, he was a bit annoyed, but um, I don't know what happened there. That's not for us. I'm not trying to screw anyone, but just had, had couldn't believe it wasn't highlighted last night. Um, but anyway, it's out there, but tip tore in and just really played with that manic aggression, Ken. And um, we're nearly value for more than four points at halftime with the way they hurled. Yeah, I think they'll be disappointed that there were only four points up at halftime, played, played Savage Hurling. Um, I thought uh, the game, you could sense <clears throat> before the match that there was a bit of an edge to it. You could sense that this was going to be uh, a helter-skelter game. Um, I think uh, both teams uh, have respect for each other. There's a huge rivalry there, but I, I felt, obviously, Limerick were saying, come on, tip, tip see what you're made of now take us on um i think the tip had set up very well i think very little ball within between galan and mikey bream we were interested in that tussle mm. um 
A lot of the game was played in the middle third of the pitch. There were some outstanding scores taken. Uh, Limerick laid back off tip for the puck outs. Barry Hogan uh, pinged pinged balls left, right and centre. Some great puck outs in the first half. Hit the lads. We got some great scores out of it. Some wonderful scores. Jason Ford, Noel McGrath, Jake Morrison, Cole. Um, and I suppose the first half was, was the sense that Limerick had stayed in, in the full forward line. They had st- let, let Barry hit the ball long, thinking that it was the right thing to do. But they definitely changed tack in the second half. They laid off. It forced Barry to hit the full back line. Obviously, then it's a bit of a lottery where the ball is going to go. But definitely in the first half, tip. They had on a marker. They played very well. Um, Alan Tynan, as you mentioned, carried the game. Noel was at centre forward. It's not my favourite position for him. He's an outstanding player. No matter where he plays, he could play corner back and he'd still have a role to play. But um, I do feel Tip need more penetration up front. Um, we've mentioned and highlighted the amount of goals. Tip has scored 14 goals in the league so far. Um, Nicky Quaid, you know, could have sat down, had a cup of coffee, watched the game and poked out the ball whenever it came in because not once did he... Uh, get the ball in open play. It was unbelievable as to think that he never touched the ball in open play. That's fact. So, um, Tip will be disappointed about that. And you mentioned the four-point lead at halftime. We never penetrated the defence. We never looked like we were going to get a goal. Um, and I suppose when you take into account the, the points uh, that Tip scored, the excellent hurling they did, it was just a pity that we didn't mark that with maybe getting a goal early on. To beat Limerick, lads, as you well know, uh, you're going to have to get at least two green flags, at least two green flags to rattle them and to maybe put them under pressure. Uh, they never felt like that. Four points was nothing at halftime. We knew that. And then in the second half, it was a tour de force from Limerick. They came out all guns blazing and I think uh, showed what they were made of. And that's without the, the key men. Obviously, Taper missing a few key men as well, but that's about the big, the real key men in the Limerick setup and uh, not playing. So, Savage competition for places. Attitude was good from both teams. It was a really intense match with hard hitting, uh, no frills. But the key thing here is that Tip have hope. I know Mark has alluded to the fact that he can't see Limerick beaten. Any team can be beaten. We all know that. Um, whether it's around Robin, we don't know. Limerick can take down the chin. But obviously, down the road, I think, you know, the Kilkenny's. Um, uh, the players, the tips of this world will still have a stake in it. So it's, it makes up for a, a fascinating championship, really. Tip won't cry. I don't think Liam Cahill will cry about being out of, the cha- out of the league, lads. I think he's going to prepare properly. Two weeks would not be enough before they go down to the lines then, the cauldron of, of, of Cusey Park. So I think he needs this three weeks uh, to, 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 to regroup the lads, freshen them up. And I don't think the limelight of a league final would have been really helpful. He's suffered from that in the past, obviously, as you know, with his water experience last year. Yeah, he he took the positives out of it. It was a short interview, but he, he you know, Liam, he's straightforward anyways. He's straight talking and, um, you know, I, I think they'll actually go away and say, you know, we did an awful lot of good here. Now, how can we get another, you know, nine, 10% on top of that performance for longer? Like we heard Davy last week saying, uh, "How's he expected to turn around a situation, which I think was a bit, bit disingenuous to Liam in four months because Liam had, had a fair job done with 
with Watford, you know, things went wrong at the end, to be yeah, fair enough. Yeah. But that, that was, but also for Liam going into tip, I mean, tip at a disaster last year completely, you know, for tip to finish bottom of the Munster Championship table, not win a game. It's incredible for all we know, all our lives. Um, and I think they've savage amount of training got in, yet you'll have to marry that with Limerick and the amount of years of savage training they've got in. And even this time last year, when Limerick didn't give a, a fiddler shite about the league, they were training like savages. That's all still standing to you. Whereas I think for Liam, he's in his first year. He's had a great start. Okay, could be shades of the Munster final of 2020, was it? Uh, in the second half. And that was without Kylie going to the bench. But I still think if I was tip, I'd be saying, yeah, look, we're on the right track. We have the right man. We're on the right track. Younger lads, the likes of Tynan. At the start of the year, would I have named him on my tip team? Maybe on my panel. Would I have said he'd be playing such a dominant role? But of course, he's one of Liam's boys and he trusts yeah. him. And, and, you know, he took, he brought Jason Ford on, hit the freeze, looked very good in the first half, was starved the ball then after that. Um, but still, Gerard O'Connor hit three points. You know, there was there was still signs of from the new lads that, they That's a big plus playing. for tape. Gerard O'Connor's yeah. a plus for tape in the fact of his aerial ability as well, lads. Um, I would feel I I maybe I'm conservative in my thoughts, but I would feel Tynan and Noel McGraw would be a perfect file in the middle of the park. Um, I think Declan Hannon had a huge bearing in the game. I thought he was absolutely outstanding in the second half. I think Declan, at this point in his career, you need some guy like Paddy Deegan that you mentioned there earlier on. That's going to have fire and drive and blow past him. Uh, Declan is very comfortable with the fellow that can play around in front of him. And you, you know, Noel, he's, he's magical with his wrists. But I think we need that vision in the middle of the field with Tynan because Tynan is like Will O'Donoghue or Dara Donovan. He's up and at it. He's going at it big time. Um, he has played, you know, rugby at interprovincial level. He has played football and hurling with tape at underage level. He has the fire in the belly, he has the pedigree. Um, it's just to to get uh, the men back. Nilo Mara's back in full time training, which is great. Cahal Barrett is back in training, Crucial. which is good to see. And of course, then yeah, we don't know about the the, the Shamey Callan scenario. And of course, John McGrath got twenty minutes. It'll help him. It'll bring him along. And Brian McGrath's coming back into the equation. So there is there is four or five lads there that are coming back that will come back, like Mark mentioned, <clears throat> Cork that are coming back into the equation. But obviously Limerick have their settled 2022 players that they know are going to contribute hugely in championship. Tip maybe have 16, 17. Uh, they need to nail that last five players that are going to uh, be involved on the bigger bigger stage. So I think overall, Tip will be satisfied. The only minus I felt was the lack of goal-scoring opportunities. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. What, just one thing, other thing I wanted to ask you about Tip. Um, Ken, and obviously, you know, you'd be fan of his and, and likewise I'm sure of, of yours Bonner is there an hour against Limerick in Bonner like or would you be better off you know you, you go at it savage in the first half when you meet him and then you you bring him in the likes of a Bonner maybe maybe at centre forward you know where he's coming in fresh mad for road and and uh, can can sustain that level or you know help to sustain that level on into the second half and maybe keep further ahead yeah, but Bonner, to me, is a freak of nature. He's one of those guys that can go and go and go uh, full-time. I felt we lost down in the 20-all-Ireland semi-final against uh, 
Galway, quarterfinal against Galway in Limerick uh, during the COVID time when Bonner had an outstanding game and was and whipped off after 51, 52 minutes. Uh, it should never have happened because Bonner, Bonner's, uh, you know, he's still winning the fitness test, as I mentioned to you already. He's still yeah. flying it. Um, it's, it's, it's food for thought, uh, Dalo, with Bonner. He can play from 10 to 15. He can have a huge act and part to play. Obviously, full forward, you're, you're a bit confined in the fact that you, you need to finish clinically as well, which wouldn't be Bonner's forte, let's be fair about it. But I still think he, he has a huge uh, contribution to make. And you've mentioned 11. I I'd mentioned 12 as well um, and 14. But I think uh, overall, whether he starts or finishes, the clear game is going to be fairly heavy going in the first 20, 25, 30 minutes. Do you need Bonner there to steady the, the ship? And, and to put his hand up and to mm. carry the war to Clare. Um, my opinion is that I, I, I would always start Bonner. That's, that's my opinion. Whatever happens after that, if he's playing well, I would never, I would never release him or, or take him out. Obviously, if it's not going well, then you have options. But he definitely has a big contribution to make at either full forward line or half forward line. Yeah, definitely. Um, what a warrior, as you say. I thought, you know, likes of Owen Connolly and um, uh, Brian Mara, you know, they haven't just played enough at this level. They will, they will be there. They're, they're that good of players. I, they're, in my opinion, they're inter-county hurlers, but you just need to come up against the Limericks more times to get used to that kind of thing. So I think a lot to like from Tip, and I don't think they'll mind. when they oh, Initially, you'll be disappointed because Cahill was pumped up in the first half. It was very obvious that himself and John were pumped up on the line and... Um, Initially, all these winners, say Pat Ryan as well, and they'll be disappointed. But I think as the week eases out, we've, say, we've got to think about the switch well of Seamus Kennedy and Dan McCormick as well, lads. Um, obviously, yeah. it has worked. I think it's, 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 it was a very worthwhile experiment. But do we need Dan's abrasiveness at 10 and Seamus's you know, know how as a backman? Like, as you know, Seamus is a top class backman and has said. Intercounty football as a backman as well against the best. So I think, you know, while this has been a sort of a, a lease of life to Bottom, I think do we still need Dan's abrasiveness at half forward or the middle of the park and maybe Seamus reverting to half back with O'Mara and Ronan Matter? I think that would be a, a strong axis, you know, from that point of view. So um I think it's a good thing that they got there they got the time to to free up these fellas in different positions, but I think overall Seamus is a streetwise backman, whereas Dan has won two All Irelands and he's still in his prime uh, with Tip as a very worthwhile uh, half forward. Amanda, you know, create a lot of opportunities for 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 the forward line in general. Yeah, yeah, and even said that his battle with Tom Morrissey was fascinating, one on one, and they both had periods of dominance, especially Morrissey after halftime. Yeah, well, Dan had really the first half, but by God. Tom, yeah. Tom Morrissey yeah. is the real unsung hero of that Limerick team. You know, he's yeah, Tom, in some ways, for me, would be the catalyst for tournament after half time. He got on yeah. six, yeah. seven players, like you know. Uh, Marco, you were in the cozy seats with uh, all the Limerick crowd of this in this occasion. Um, were they were they worried a bit at half time or anything like that? We not at all, not at all. There, there, there was no panic whatsoever. Um, Lucky enough to go down at halftime and get a cup of tea. Really English brought me down there, in fairness. <laughs> and while I was down there, she gave me a couple of tickets for the Nolan Park. It's the Come On Racing Club. She's a member of that. 
And her daughter, our daughter Susan has landed one of the prime jobs in the country. She now is working with Joseph O'Brien. So now, that's what being involved with the Come On Racing Club can bring you. I taught you, bring you to places that you've never been and introduce you to people you have never met. So, you, uh, there's something every week on this podcast with you, either in the Queen's Hotel or you're <laughs> coming back from a rugby match or something. And it's I, unbelievable. I you, you, you. Love Island, Love Island. Island. Dancing with the Stars would be a logical step for you next time. <laughs> no, I tell you, you don't want to see me tagged off for Love Island. That's one thing I'll guarantee you. But, <laughs> but you know, I taught you before, like to go to Carnival, but you've got to be in the right position at the right time, and then you've got to be able to stick the ball in the net. So there was no panic whatsoever. We, we met actually Pat Casey, the former referee from Waterford, and Johnny Ryan. And he just wanted to make sure, is there any chance you tell Dale up that some of the rules have changed in the GA? And you mentioned one of them earlier on. The throw-in at halftime, yes. the players have got to be inside the 45-yard line. was something that we hadn't, uh, hadn't picked up on it. And, um, and you know, he just said like that, the, you know, it was a big game for Liam Gordon uh, in advance. And they were wishing him the best of luck. And I thought Liam Gordon had a fine. He contributed massively to the game and the intensity. And you're right. John Coyley was a little bit rattled in the first half. He was given out to the, the powers that be and decided, and there was a bit of finger pointing. So, you know, bad enough now as, as you had the view you had at the far side, it was great to get a few of the soft seats to see the action from the managers because both managers were up for the fight and both of them were marking the territory as any good manager does in, in, in the heat of battle. But no panic whatsoever on the Limerick side. Not sure that we expected the big turnaround that came, but we saw it in the Munster final of 2021 where uh, Tip led by 10 points and within 15 minutes had it been wiped out and Limerick went to the front and no different to Saturday night scoring 114 to 4 points in the 25 minutes after halftime. It was a massive turnaround for Limerick. And to think that they did it without 4 or 5, the likes of the Dan Morrissey, Kyle Hayes, um, Garrod Hegarty, Shami Flanagan, Dara Donovan, like, they're just a runaway team at this moment in time. And, and I know, Ken, you're right, any team can be brought down. And we thought we'd never beat Kenny. But at this moment in time, Limerick are so far ahead of everybody else. And, and I'd have to say, I thought I really was impressed with Tip on Saturday night as well. I thought they were brilliant for 35 minutes. And I think, as Liam Cahill said in the paper today, you need to be big. You need to have big fitness levels, big physicality and good hurling brain. And I think that I think Tip have that in abundance, but they're only in year one really of the Liam Cahill reign. And there's obviously a way more to come. But Dale, as you said earlier on, Limerick have it in the tank. They're four all Islands in five years. They're physically strong, they're well tuned, and they have that spirit um, that all good teams have. They know how to win games. And all they need to do is up the ante a small percentage. And once you get a team rising together, and, I, and I, I'm gone away from looking at the individual brilliance of people. This is a team game now. Fellas know exactly what they have to do. Everybody puts their shoulder to the wheel. Everybody's accountable. Because I, I think when you have a captain like Declan Hannon, he makes players accountable. And he had got two magnificent points himself on Saturday night. And I, I think as a team, Limerick just look unstoppable at this moment in time. Yeah, and on that, um, you can say that like as well, and it's not about individuals. And Ken, I think, alluded to the how close teams got to them last year, the Declares, the Galway, certainly, and the Kilkenny's pushed them very, very hard. And and, uh, 
you know, Claire drew with them twice, ultimately lost out an extra time. Galway will be looking back at the video of that one, I'd say, and saying how to get... But like, the key for me is, Mark, not alone, is Colin O'Neill start to really find his feet at this level. Colin Cochran was that powerful in the second half. Mm -hmm. Uh, not to mention Adam English, who was on, on under-20 duty. We'll talk a bit about that. It's great to see him playing that. Um, but Keane Lynch back, like, and Peter Casey back. I mean, it's like signing prime Messi back. Like, yeah. And when they weren't in the game, a bit like that Munster final a couple of years ago, when they weren't in the game, he was the Limerick man who was winning ball, setting up scores, being fouled, and keeping it. And the reason they went down the tunnel 16-12 very much for me was... Yeah, defensively, they weren't letting tip in for the goal chance, but Lynch was keeping them going. Uh, winning ball, moving into pockets of space. I mean, it's a total new dimension, TJ. And Casey, again, who wasn't having a good first half, went deep in the second half, picked up a few vital balls, and yet was above there when a big high skyscraper just used the body strength, small man, but fiercely strong, held off his man, Johnny Ryan, I think, and was able to kick to the net and like it's, it's that's the thing for me is it, it, it is all about the panel it is all about the system but yes the best player in the country possibly at the moment is back Yes, agreed. I thought he was the best player on the pitch again. I thought he was kind of at the heart of everything good. He did an awful lot of assists in the game and a lot of primary possession. And in fairness to Tip, he got plenty of attention early on too because Brian O'Mara and Dan McCormack were kind of alternating and they were trying to man-mark him and he still came up trumps. He just has this unbelievable ability to be able to win that ball and get it into his hand and make things happen. There's one particular score that Peter Casey got in the first half. Like Keane knew where he was. He was kind of wrapped up and he still got his hands around in the hurley around to get the ball away to Peter Casey. It was unbelievable. Um, the game in general, what I will say is I did think the first half in particular was played at championship pace. I thought the intensity was right on the money. And if you wanted to look at one stat that proves that was that both teams had seven wides. There was 14 wides in the first half. And that was due to the intensity and the pressure and that everyone was hunting. Like in the second half, there was actually only three wides. So I thought maybe in the second half the steam came out of it. I think structurally and tactically, Limerick made a change at halftime and their positioning was much better in the second half where they kind of maybe didn't engage as much in the early part of the middle third, but they got the kind of positioning right and got their game flowing where they maybe ended up with one or two players free at the back and then they used the ball exceptionally well. They're very good at moving the ball out from the back and minding it. But in, in, in general, John will be very happy. Uh, just guys like we can say like only 15 can play and you can say we're missing Kyle Hayes you touched on there a while ago like Colin Cochran had an incredible second half so yeah. like does that does it does it does that kind of counter each, each, each other the fact that you weren't really missing anybody I think it was close to match pay, or uh, championship pace and, and I think in general Limerick are in good health in terms of looking forward they do have the league final in two weeks time like I think the, the, the signal of intent from both managers was known Thursday night because the naming of the teams. Both teams were strong. You knew you were going to get a good, a good game. And I think, I, I think that was good at, at this structure in the league and, and good, I suppose, from Dean Cass' point of view, he learned plenty. He's trying to get that mix right. He's got a nice new blend there around the middle third. I do agree about Groot O'Connor. Brian O'Mara is influential. Alan Tynan was huge. Uh, there was a win as well in the first half that was definitely maybe Mightn't have came across in the telly as much as you would have seen. Like, he was definitely worth a couple of points. Yeah. Uh, Barry Hogan, pinging passes, as Ken said there, worked really, really well. 
well, I suppose I liked about Tip was they pushed up their energy. They took chances at the back where they left two on two. And by doing that, they crowded the middle third a little bit more, which didn't give either team really a platform to ping nice ball inside, uh, which both teams like to do. It's just that they just didn't get an opportunity or a pocket of space where you could get the head up and look for the run and ping a nice ball in. That just didn't, it wasn't that type of a game. It was tough. Like, it was very physical in the middle third. And in fairness, the tip, like, they matched up on, on, on the physical stakes. I, I think Liam will look back in the VT and look at maybe Limerick started to dominate right from the throw-in in the second half. And I know you touched that they'll win in the throw-in. They got a free, they got a couple of scores. There was one particular point, I just said it to Ken at the start there, was maybe... Tip or two points up. Noel got a ball. Noel McGrath. Like, uh, normally, he'd ping these over the bar in front of the, in the stand. Tip or two points up. It just dropped a little bit short, and Nicky caught it, and he pinged an unbelievable 100-yard pass to Tom Morrissey, who was free on the far side, who scores it and brings it back to one. I suppose they're fine margins, but they're probably the small things you're looking for at this stage. Like, does Noel put tip three points back up again, stem the flow, get your shape again and go again? Like, but look, in fairness to, to Limerick, just really, really well-oiled moving nicely, um, like take the chances when they come. Again, 128, like north of the 30 points um, barrier again. Like, really, really impressive. And I suppose, look for us, Limerick people, we're fortunate that we have this team to keep following and kind of keep making the seasons better and better as we go along. Yeah, lads. And did you, like, I, I thought once Limerick got in front, right, with the, with the few points, and, and the second point was a thing of beauty to watch, the passing move, the key and finished, key and inch. Uh, what a score, like a pinpoint accuracy and movement that you could hardly live with. That really signaled that, he, oh, here we go again. For a tip guy, whether you were on the team, subs, management, oh, here we go again with these fellas. And now they'll bring on Hayes now after 10 minutes and Hegarty after 10 minutes, which he didn't, to be fair to him. And he sent out the same team for the second half, which is Declan Hannon was asked about it afterwards and said, yeah, it was a good thing probably to say, I believe in you. But what I felt was when they started, then Tip started to get deeper and deeper and retreat. Now, you brought out Casey, Tom Marcy went deeper. Um, you know, General Delimerick, half forwards, and Casey came out. Galan held it inside, didn't see much ball, but Tip then, I thought, retreated deeper and they gave up the middle ground. And that's where Limerick then will outpoint you in all. You have to still engage in the middle ground. You can have two extra fellas covering uh, Gillan behind. And there was a lot of times, you know, Ron Amara picked up handy ball, and, but they got deeper and deeper. And if you get deeper and deeper with Limerick, you, you, uh, I talked clear for all the world last year, showed that. Don't lose your shape. Stay, even if they get their purple patch, stay shoved up in them. Uh, maybe let their cornerbacks get the puck out. Maybe pinpoint that Barry doesn't get it because he's too good at it. The half back line can't get a puck out, Burns or or, or Hennon or whoever being the other wing, let it be Kyle, Dan, whoever. Uh, and I thought that was effective last year. Um, I just felt tip there was even a free out near the end where Ronan was taken. Wasn't that much in it? Tip had kind of rallied rallied a bit after, weathered the storm a bit and had fought back a bit. And but Ronan was taking a free from his own 21. And he just his body language, he put up the two hands like that. Like who who's moving here? And it was that that was for me a sense of frustration had crept in that the Jolly Green Giant is after doing us over again. And that will be food for thought for Liam to turn that around. It will be. And, and, and I think what Ken touched on there is that it, like, like, no team is infallible. And the tip have showed for 35 minutes. So can, can they keep that going? You go back to last year's championship, like Claire did. 
like Galway could do it, Kilkenny did it down the stretch, and different managers will have different views exactly how to set up. And it's trying to influence your game on Limerick, which Tip, I felt, did in the first half, and you said maybe didn't do as well in the second half. So that, that, that's the challenge ahead of the summer. Like it, We are coming towards the end of the league. It will go up a notch again. And like maybe, as you said there, Dale, like the psychology of sport is, is, is Limerick in some of the players' heads. And then you take away this week, Tip are going away, and their heads might be saying, Ken, that you know what? We're not too far off it. Uh, Cork mm. might be going away, their heads kind of saying, geez, we have a lot of work to do, right? And it's just the, the mining of that now for the next four weeks, getting ready for the first round of the championship. That's going to be key. It is. It is. It is. And, that's, and Munster's that's, a very dangerous, Munster's a very dangerous minefield. Usually. Lads, you know, usually. it is. Like, when you go to predict games and go to predict matches and what's going to happen next, uh, those first two games obviously are hugely important. And Walford are smarting as well. Um, it's a very dangerous position to be in. Limerick have to go, go and win the league final now, TJ. Let's face it, you know, they have shown the pedigree, they've shown the class, they're putting the honours on the board. Um, they're going to go and win the league final. They've got to win it. If they don't win it, um, you know, even though as strong a force as they are, people say, Jesus, how, how did that not happen? So they have to win the league final. And then they're going into championship two weeks later, uh, obviously against Walford in Turles. Am I correct? So um, yes. these games are coming around pretty fast. So so even though Limerick are in the ascendancy, Mark, and hugely so at the moment, they still have a league final to win and they still have to go into a Munster Championship uh, where all five teams have pedigree. There's nobody written off. We're not written off, writing off any of the five teams yet because of the fact that they have something to offer. So we acknowledge Limerick's uh, superiority at the moment, but we know that every team is going to go and try, as you, TJ, mentioned, every manager will have a theory on how to stifle them. And Delo's, uh, obviously, uh, thing about Clare and the way they matched them physically, powerfully, and got in their faces uh, for the full 70 minutes. That's where, obviously, as a team, we've lacked that. We've lacked that in the last number of years. Top-class first-half performances matched in by second-half uh, collapses. I don't think last Saturday night was a collapse. I think we, we learned a lot from it. And I think um, the Keane Lynch factor is huge for Limerick. He's, he, 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 is, he is the go-to player. He's the top player in the country for the last five, six years. Yeah, TJ, to finish on it, um, we're going to the hour and 11, so we have a few things to touch on. Um, to finish on it, he has beautiful headaches now himself and Alan Cunningham, Paul Kinnork and... and uh, um, Cabra and Angus O'Brien and all that's there. Um, they're beautiful uh, headaches, haven't they? If KSO now and Keen with the games under their belt, they look like they're definites. You have this couple of young fellas then, even Donico Dalig, you know, showed very well for the ball. Uh, fair battle with Owen Connolly in the corner. Probably wouldn't expect him to hold on to his place at all. He's done nothing wrong. Um, but it's it's some dilemma now, like, isn't it? It's a dilemma. It's a beautiful dilemma for him. He can go with pride and trust it. He could, if a fella's not showing up well in the league final, he can say, there's a Colin Coughlin, there's a Colin O'Neill. It's incredible. It's everything coming together at the one time. Um, it won't always be that way. Still, I was impressed with your 20s now against Watford as well. I saw the first half and I saw while halftime was going on with, with Claire and Tip. But it's a beautiful dilemma to have for John. 
It is. It's, it's exactly where he'd want things to be. I suppose from a Lim- from a Limerick point of view, you're looking at defensively. Um, the fact he's played Kyle Hayes back at seven in the league, it looks like as if the signal of intent is is that that be his number for the year, number seven. Like he, Kyle Hayes would be on, and Keane would be at eleven. So what's coming down the track here is that one of the backs, and like in fairness, Richie English has had a super league campaign, super and league. it looks like he, 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 he's not going to be possibly on the championship first first team. But like, is there a possibility that the first on the championship that maybe possibly Dan Morrissey could be on this island? It's kind of hard to think about really because he'd, he'd, he'd be on any team in a lot of different positions. So he does have an embarrassment of riches, but I'll go back to what Ken said a while ago. You can only play 15 on any given day. And look, as we know in sport, look, things can take a turn or take a twist. And I just think that maybe a couple of small things there in the second half could have maybe put Limerick under a bit more pressure. I do think that even though they got the goal, it gave them the cushion. I think it probably was a little fortunate, even though, look, that, that happens in hurling. I think Colin Coughlin was going for the point. So, yeah, like Shami Flanagan's got to come back in. His form in, in the league hasn't been maybe up to his own particular high standards. Um, like Cahal O'Neill, you're kind of thinking, is, like he's definitely going to be on the first 15. So, yeah, uh, like everything that a manager would want in terms of the energy and training will probably be tough. And I think that if you're in the Limerick setup, I think you'd want to be on the league team or let, certainly in the 26 for, for, for the league final just to keep the momentum going and keep your name in lights. Yeah, you'd want to be on the 10 to 1 for the triple as well, Mark, wouldn't you? <laughs> and like the scary thing, John, John Kiley's comments on Saturday night. The next two weeks, we are just going to see if we can raise the bar further for ourselves. A lot of lads have really put their hands up with the second half performance. I mean, isn't that a scary thought to think that John Kylie wants to raise the bar? Yeah, but the only thing I'll say there, Mark, right, is I, I think everybody who's played the game will know that there's always a, an upping of the ante required between league and championship. And, that is critical, I think. Like you, you get lost in that, and maybe if you take Waterford last year in winning the league, is if they, like maybe Liam might have learned that they mightn't have transitioned well enough between league play and championship. We all know. We all know, Delo. You yeah. definitely know. At least, at least Mark Quinn, championship, at least, at least Mark when, when John Power from Callan came in, Mark and you, yeah. he used to say, "Han Cats, Lord the Bear." Lord of Monbat, <laughs> Lord of Blade. You know what that meant as well, though. Hundred percent. I were on. Ah, uh, yeah. It was always a bit more, and and the ground is going to change as well, lads. And like, just one thing, just to remark on Saturday night is I thought Tip's combination play and hurling and handling of the ball was really good. Hmm. And I think coming in it when the ground will actually harden up a bit, it'll be a benefit to them. I agree with what Ken said about Noel McGrath. I He's great hands, great vision, but that energy and that, you know, difference, the difference of a Keen Lynch or we'd say Alan Tynan's energy levels and Noel's, they're vastly different. So it's trying to fit Noel into that bracket, right? He doesn't have the legs that he used to have before and he's been a magnificent hurler of football for his club. And just, you know... Just wondering where where that actually stacks up in, the, in this tip team at the moment, you know? Yeah, I suppose, look, we'll trust Liam will have a, a plan for that. Um, like Dela, I challenged the listeners there over the last couple of weeks to kind of maybe, to kind of rank their Munster Championship finishing positions from one to five. So that challenge is starting to become real now. And I think people's opinions, we won't name ours today, we'll keep that for a different day. But I mm. think, like, if... 
people were challenged today to say who will be in the tree. As Ken said at the start, like it is exceptionally tight. And all teams will be making their own cases and will feel that they have to be in the tree and the pressure is on. So yeah, I heard the clip I heard the clip of John Myler um last week on another pod and so it's just a done deal. The three were the big three, uh, Limerick, Cork and Tip. Like they were the three. It's fairly clear cut, he told me. I wonder this morning is that is that anyway? That's our John. That's our John. He'd be clear cut in anything he says. Anyway, fairness. Let's we, you know we we come back to it. Great stuff as as always. There was two massive senior games as well, lads. Obviously, um, Division One, Westmead, uh, getting a break. I suppose uh, great win for Joe and the boys. Uh, or Willie obviously, uh, uh, Leash probably played a lot of the better hurling in the game. I didn't get a chance to see it now. I get a chance to see it tonight and that. Um, but Westmead prevail. And I suppose, I'm not saying I was, you know, I'm not trying to pick sides and just friendly with Joe, I suppose. But uh, they had no chance in their division, did they, really? Whereas Leash, the dubs are in serious transition. Wexford are riddled with injuries and have been during the league. And Antrim was always kind of a semi-final relegation match anyway and they had a right go at that as well and Antrim prevailed and Leash had no or Westmead had no real chance in the division they were in they were up against it nearly every day uh, well sorry Wexford being in, the, in that division sorry but uh, they were they were under the cosh every day and uh, to come out and, and retain the status like that oh, it gives them a real lift going into the Leinster Championship and uh, I'd say well done to them and uh, they were down a few as well I believe with injuries so a, a big result for them Ken in, in their progression yeah, and the biggest game of the year for Westmead, quite possibly, was last Saturday evening. Um, great display. Um, you know, when you have the Killian Dives of this world on your team, and I see his twin brother was playing as well, uh, you always have a huge opportunity. Um, Westmead will really uh, gain from, from that win to play in, in Division 1 hurling again uh, is a huge incentive. Um from the leash point of view, Dalo, hugely disappointing. Mm. Um, Willie Maher alluded to during the week about athletes in the camp and things like that, which I didn't think uh, was helpful from, from that perspective. Uh, leash have a very... Sorry, Ken, I, I, didn't, I didn't pick up on that. You said they weren't that yeah, enough. Yeah, he just said that uh, Leash hadn't enough athletes, hurling athletes. Okay. Um, which was a strange, a strange comment to make, I felt. Um, because this is a very experienced leash team. That's the big worry for, for, for Willie. This is an experience, you know, the Paddy Parsons, the Willie Dumphys of this world, all, all have played through Ross King. All these guys have played for the last number of years on that, that leash team. Hugely disappointing result, you know, for, for leash. Uh, they're at a crossroads now. Um, they're in the Joe McDonough Cup as well. They lost their status last season as well. We were all so thrilled to see Leash making such an impact. I've been involved in Leash hurling myself. Uh, I see the the love of the game there, the interest there is in club yeah. hurling, and how competitive it is. But it's disappointing from the point of view now that they've they're gone back uh, to second division hurling out of the McCarthy Cup. I think after you know uh, one step forward, two step backwards. I think it's a hugely disappointing result for Leash hurling, and I know the Leash hurling public are are very downbeat about it. So overall, from a Westmead perspective, uh, great victory. Uh, great to see them uh, moving forward. They'll, obviously, they'll play the Kilkenny's of this world. They've played them before. 
but at least now they have that pride in themselves that they're still a Division One team. Yeah, and I have a few great friends in Leash, obviously, as well, and they'll be always texting that. And, and there is a downbeat sense there, I have to say. And I think it's a, it's a massive Joe McDonough now for, for Willie and the camp uh, to rally. And, yeah, it's a big, it's a, a must-win competition win the push. now. Yeah. But it is one of the hardest competitions to win, let's face it. It's, it's that That's for sure. And, yeah, and they have the experience of being up at a different level for a lot of years. So, yeah, and when they went down, we obviously saw that they knocked out Dublin and got into a quarter-final. So, they need something like that to spark themselves uh, again. So, well, well done to Westmead. Massive one as well, Ken, for County, you know very well. Uh, Offaly driving past Kerry. I think Kerry missed a lot in the first half with the wind of their back. Had 12 wides and a lot of them very scorable. Uh, but Offaly then kicked on and a huge victory. You could sense it from the, the noise from the stand last night watching this on the game that it meant so much. And, and, and it tees up, I think it's on this weekend, it tees up a massive... Um, a league final now with Kildare, who've been the story of the year uh, in that division so far, and uh, obviously played a great drawn match uh, a couple of weeks ago. So that, that's a huge one as well, Ken. Yeah, yeah, huge one. And awfully, uh, obviously a bit disappointed um, because of the fact of the injuries they picked up. Ross Raisin Hill broke an ankle, uh, some serious injuries, Ocean Kelly, cruciate ligament injury, Porrick Cantwell. And they were a bit downbeat during the week, but recovered brilliantly. Um, just talking to Brian Carroll, excellent second half from Offaly um, on Saturday evening. Came out all guns blazing, got some super scores. Um, they have a very uh, energetic team. They're obviously, from, from their point of view, they have got to get back. It's a must for them to get back to Division 1 hurling. Um, Kerry, 12 wise in the first half, they though. Uh, which militated against them, you know, going down the stretch because uh, Saturday evening was a poor evening in, in Tullamore, weather-wise. Uh, there was a wind and hail prevailing. So from that point of view, um, disappointed for Kerry. They still have the, obviously, Steve Malumphy still has the McDonough Cup to compete in. But from Offaly's perspective, playing an up-and-coming team in Kildare, it was a draw game. People were disappointed with the Offaly performance. But this is going to be, the venue for that is going to be the interesting uh, point of view. Parnell Park was mentioned, which I think awfully ruled out totally. And mm. I, in fairness to him, I wouldn't blame him. Um, I hope to get the, for a Division 2 final, I hope to get the venue that they the, the deserve. It I can't think, be kept, Ken. Can, it can't be kept as a curtain raiser for the Division 1 final because the John McDonough is ready to go. Is that, Correct. Is that it? Correct. Yeah. I think that's the problem. But the need... Yeah. I think they, they deserve a good surface, you know, whether it's Port Leash or wherever it is, but they deserve a good playing venue where um, both teams will get a chance to, you know, to, to, to expose themselves in, in the bigger stage. Um, Port Kildare, Leash is the obvious venue then, isn't it? Yeah, Kildare, Port Leash. Or Torres. Yeah, and Kildare, Kildare, like, obviously, having got the draw, because they have shipped a few beatings from Offaly in the last number of years, Kildare having got the draw and an up-and-coming team, Nace, you know, Beach and Rowan quite convincingly in the Leicester Club Championship. We're all aware of that as well. So really looking forward to a, a great league final. And it's mm -hmm. all to play for. It's all to play for huge incentives for both teams. Yeah. And, and sure, look, that'll be one we look forward to. It'd be great if it was covered to try and get there if it's somewhere nearby within reason. It's not four hours away. Have you to go, Ken? Yeah, I have to go. Back to the chores. Good to Great see stuff, Ken. Can, Ken, yeah. Ken, Ken be getting that be getting that championship fantasy team ready. Oh, we will. We will. Yeah. We will. It's the one thing we might win. <laughs> Before you go, Ken, I just I just got a quick note. Before you go, Ken, 
I just got a quick note this morning to wish you a very happy retirement. I believe it's coming up in the next couple of weeks. Mick Cregan was on to me and he said to give it a mention. <laughs> he's been given Trojan ser for service to uh, the Gardaí for how many years? I'm over 40 now, unbelievable to think. Uh, joined at I joined at 19, so over 40 years. But uh, it's as that big word, it's imminent. <laughs> <laughs> well, congrats, uh, Ken. But, and, but um, and, just on one note, uh, I before Christmas at, in, in uh, Mulrooney's uh, filling station in Bor, I met Liam Kearns, God rest him. And Genial. he was going down to train Offaly, and I was slagging him because my cousin Declan Hogan is captain of Offaly. And as you know, Declan spoke very well, uh, you know, about Liam. But we were saying, I only think I'm a young lad, says Liam, heading down to Tullamore. And she says, I says, I'm the same. I love going over to Laura and running around with the lads, you know. And to think, you know, um, I worked with Liam side by side in the gym in, in Templemore. And it's hard to believe that he's gone. So you take every day as it comes, lads, and, and, and uh, appreciate, appreciate a bit of health. So good luck, lads. Thanks a million. Great, great stuff. Good luck, Enjoy sure. it all. Good. Lads, we also had the start of the, the underage competitions. And, of course, this is another, you know, this is another bugbear of mine, I suppose, of um, the, the, the split season. But anyway, we had to have Waterford and Limerick called off in the minor. Uh, oh, no, it's played, TJ, but it should have been called off, really. It was logs of water. Tuesday night, yeah, it was logs yeah. of water. It looked, very, it looked very, very wet, like, yeah. Yeah, Limerick getting the win with kind of taking advantage of a mistake uh, and a, and a Waterford puck out, sharp puck out and, and uh, low scoring, but the conditions. Clare having a great win uh, against Tip. Great win for Bach and the lads again backing up last year's farm and winning substantially. Like but We know it's a round robin, so it's very like the senior now. You won't be getting uh, carried away. Uh, that's up and running. Wins for Clare and Limerick. Um, and then the 21 um, 20s. Apologies, Jesus, we're so used to 21s in our DNA, 20s. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very enjoyable game in Ennis, lads. If I have to say both games now, I watched the first half of Waterford and um, Limerick, and then I, during half time, I caught another 15 minutes of that, and then really enjoyed the match. Clare shot into a great lead, A2, and tipped to their, you know, maybe Clare were indisciplined a bit, give away a lot of frees, but so did tip in the second half. And, but uh, good results for Clare and Limerick again there. Uh, Clare getting a draw against, you know, probably one of the fancy teams for us. The rule has changed, and you know, Ken would definitely have known the details on that now. Yeah, the rule I has have changed. It. So I have much. it, Anthony. Come on, Marco. Yeah, it's, it's called, out there. yeah, it's, yeah. The new rule is called the senior slash under twenty eligibility rule, which permits a player to line out for one, but not both teams, over a period of seven days. So you, you you so I, I suppose the upshot of it is it's back to the managements within their county to have a chat amongst themselves where is the most important place for their player to play. But the big thing is a player isn't ruled out of playing for their under twenty team. And so, unlike you know, you, Ireland, you, you so if if the Limerick seniors don't play till the following Sunday, and if Limerick get to the All Ireland under twenty final, Adam English and Shane O'Brien will have an opportunity to play. Yeah, well, the seven, it, once it's outside seven days, they can't play both matches within seven days. So you, you look at a situation where Billy Drennan, the first round of the championship at senior level is with Westmead, the same day the Kilkenny under-20s play a round of the under-20 championship. So in that scenario, he'll have to play one or the other. Okay, okay. What's I think it, 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 
I suppose the relationship between the under-20 manager and the senior manager is going to be coming into play into the future here. And I think it's basically trying to make the right decision for the player now and looking into the future. Like, I think like if the senior manager probably has his head about him, which I imagine a lot of them do, they'll be looking at the player involved. I suppose if they really, really need that player for a game, you can understand by the end of the day, like to let him play with the under-20s and let him find his way, there should be loads of time and room for him to play the senior. So I think it'll just come down to conversations and just common sense and the right decision. Like, I think so far, I think everybody's allowed to play, or like the, the, the managers are letting them play. Like, so it, it, it all seems like it's going to plan. I think the rule is better this way than where it was. Right. Like, stop, stop right. us playing. So I, I, I think it's a yeah. welcome addition for sure. And it's obviously an, an effort that they don't want yes. last year's scenario. Yeah, I think, so. I, 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 I think only right. Yeah, I think only yeah. right, yeah. You might keep and, the seeds for me Wednesday night, uh, one of the soft seats, would you? Wednesday night, Dylan, no problem. No problem. Yeah, Claire and yeah. Emery in the Gaelic grounds Wednesday night. People we, we've, we've, turn out. We, a great, great game, I'd say. We, 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 you, you can come Tuesday night and Wednesday night. I think. Is that right? Isn't it? We, every 17 Tuesday night. Jeez, oh, I can't be gone out here every night of the week. I was, I'm trying to pick my <laughs> nights. But I see, yeah, it's, uh, Tuesday night, Gaelic grounds as well, is it? 17 is Tuesday night and, and yeah. 20 is Wednesday night, yeah. Well, I definitely so they, see the your your name is probably on one of those seats, sure. Because I mean, like you are the reason why Limerick is are as strong as they are with your year at the younger age academy. There, there's you know, always like yeah. You probably have the Anthony Daly seat. Well, if you were sitting on the last Saturday night and there's a big hole in it now, and I I want it into the, I'll be gone down. They won't be able to see my head. When I tell you, they were the softest seats I've ever sat in my life. I can tell you now, they're unreal. You're getting too fond of them. You have a cup of coffee with them. That's before yeah. we go to Fogres and Fantasy, we go to Fantasy Second. I stayed up last night. Uh, I came down here after I'd finished my column and got it off. Um, and I came down, I had three points here. And I was back up for the Sunday game. I was watching, see, was it hurling first or football first? And I literally swamped down the third point and up and settled down and watched the analysis and all the hurling. Did I watch the football? I said, I'll watch the football and see what, what was on. And uh, it, was, it was Lee Keegan and Gooch, I think, on, on analysis. But then what was coming on afterwards, I must have dozed in the chair. But whenever I woke up, and uh, the hour was killing me, you see, the hour extra less out of date. But I woke up and I went, and that documentary that was made a good few years ago, the game was on. And that's, oh, yeah. that's where I let Jesus, it was magic to watch. I, I had a small, I'd say they interviewed 150 people. I had a small contribution there. Um, it was just. Father Harry was, was brilliant on it, uh, my old pal. Uh, Sean Ogle helping story, like, but not touching a hurley till he was 11 and hating hurling because he was a bit of an outcast. He wanted to play Australian rules or and, and then yeah. deciding, I better learn this bloody thing or I'm going to be an outcast down here. And, and what yeah. a man afterwards, you know. And I think that was only part one of it. And if they're going to show it on a Sunday night after the Sunday game, I'll be tuned in for the next few. I've seen it before, obviously, you can. You can watch it on, yeah. on, on YouTube, I presume. But great, um, brilliant. Just to say, Yellow, we we met we met a few fellas on Saturday night as well. I, I met the great brother Dormer, who was on the That's gate. Right. I tell you, Chief, if you're fatty, why you have some men on the gate down there in Limerick, but brother Dormer was involved with Midland CBS for years down here. With my, a lot of my good friends would have went to Midland CBS, and I was just coming in. You know the way eyes meet. I hadn't seen him for thirty years. I broke the hand and I said, Brother Dormer. He said, Mr. Landers. He said, It's been a while. I said, Fair play to you. Why did you go to Midland CBS? Oh, no, the buddies went to Midland CBS. I went to St. Cormans at the point. It was boarding. So 
Uh, but my Damien Irwin would have been a very, very big support for Brother Dahmer. He would have taught him in uh, in the CBS and would have been a great confidant of him and an advisor, I suppose, in terms of holding skill and all that kind of stuff. But he's gone back to doing, I think, in Limerick now, TJ. Am I right in saying that? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's a huge amount of work done there with the underage and doing and flying it and a lot of all age groups and stuff like so. Yeah, mad passion for hurling still. Do you win? Do you win the under seventeen yesterday evening, TJ? I see it on what's the score app, but I didn't follow up on the score. Who's that? Do we not play Marubo yesterday evening? According to the no, what's the score when, app? Wins, wins, night, wins, night. This week, guys, playing playing. Yeah, it's 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 a, it's a league. They've introduced a league there for under seventeen. The under seventeen championship in Limerick doesn't start until after the leaving, but to try and give them a couple of games before. Um, so it's, it, we, they, they just have formed the league there, which is a good idea. Okay, fantasy lads, uh, a lot of big scores again, but of course you were well stacked with the, with the teams. You knew you'd be there with your own counties, but uh, yeah, Mr. Shane McGrath is on top, Marco, uh, but there's only three points in it. <laughs> it's incredible. And Mr. Ryan is not that far back either with a good score of 177. I've, I have an outside chance. I have an outside chance. I think Shane's going to be in trouble because of his team. Like he, 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 he's... Marco will overtake him, but like I have fifty-two points to find, which is surface? a big ask. I I I was just looking at the rules last night, so I I, I have the manager like potentially, and I have a couple of other little. I, I need one or two things to go my way. I, Who's I, I'm your captain? At this stage, a small chance. Carl O'Neill. Okay. So hey, Dela, Dela, would you want Carl O'Neill or Aaron Galan as your yeah. captain? Yeah, I'm too far back now to have a say, but I like in Billy Drennan as a captain, even going into the championship. <laughs> he has you know pick, what yeah. can... talk about talk about picking the rest of your team, cat, and picking a great captain, Billy Drennan. He was he was savage every week for me, like played every minute yeah, of every good. game and taking the freeze. He scored one thirteen yeah. yesterday, like, but I didn't have enough proper backup. But I have to say, with whatever changes I made, I went for. Uh, uh, Limerick Kilkenny final, so whatever I have there, it, but I just haven't enough of them. I think, like I've Keen no, and I've Dale Burns and Dale, you're old kid, right? Just accept you're it. Old. No, you're not going. To, you're not going to get into the top three, all right? So hand, the situation. I have a feeling I, I might get into the top page, though. I might get into the top four. You, like. you, you, you might switch from the right to the left. I don't know yourself and she. The yeah, there's only twenty points between you, but. The final situation, though, is that Shane McGrath has four. Four from Limerick, one from Kilkenny. Myself and TJ have four from Limerick and two from Kilkenny. And we both have captains. Shane, yeah. Shane, um, Shane, what's your captain's name again, TJ? Cahal O'Neill? Cahal O'Neill, yeah, 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 yeah. You need Cahal O'Neill to get two and four from right? there, TJ. And, I have and, the men and back from, I, the, I, from the wilderness. Yeah, if I if I could get Limerick to win, like I, my manager then would give me twenty points extra as well, which would be another. I'm saying, Charles, I'll be I'll be clutching at oh, straws. Yeah. Like, in fairness to Cahal, he had a great start yesterday. He had two points in play, scored after four minutes. I said to Marco, "We're on here, we're on here, kid." <laughs> uh, but uh, he, he just he he passing the ball too much. I'd be kind of saying to Cahal, "Throw more of yourself, kid." <laughs> well done it's, it's fascinating lads one game to go and three in with a shout uh, the hurler on the ditch from Nina Rog has hit 200 points again this week lads and it looks savage going huh? it looks as if I see even James Daly on Twitter nearly waving the white flag yes uh, congratulating the hurler on the ditch uh, yeah we wouldn't be great friends on Twitter but I won't begrudge your victory whoever you are um, yeah uh, but you look Brendan Noonan 
Big score by Brendan Noonan. Ah, Brendan Noonan, 231. Man, he's the battle ahead with Brendan Noonan back in the day from the mills. The fireballs. Uh, great friend, friend of fingers now. He would be Brendan. He would have played with him for years. And uh, 231. Jesus, that's a monstrosity. That's a massive but, uh, score. 200 is great scoring as well from our top man. It looks like the hurler in the ditch is going to walk away with the butler's handcraft hurley's prizes. So, well done. Uh, but we'll see what happens in the final. I presume he went strong with Tipperary lads for the semi-final and that might backfire as well. Maybe his captain was Jason Ford or someone. Uh, but I think he's enough of a gap looking at that um, to get through. So well done. Well, yes, done yeah. there, well done on all that. Um, moving on, Fogres, boys. Uh, come on, Racing Market. Any updates there for us before we go into... No, just in, in, in fairness to the, the, the members. Um, I know that. Second, Mark. Oh, Jesus, what's the Oh, my God. And 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 Jim 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 was on to me during the week and said, Are you sure now you want to give up the lease on this one? I said, Look, Jim, I said, we've taught the members that we're having two new horses this year. And uh, delighted to see that the far the stable is in great form. But it looked like she was going to win at one stage. And um and look the very best to look to Jim with purple gown, but I think we'll take our chances with the two new ones that he's going to give cute, us. Cute um, enough to two here or back each way, twenty-eight to one, Kieran. Uh, but sure, you know, I was a bit surprised you didn't follow her as well, Dylan, because you were a great support for her last year. She, I flagged she it. I flagged it for didn't I? You did, yeah. you did, you did, you did. You did. Yeah. told no oh. chance that Charles Burns has one fancy in it. So what did I do? Charlie Burns. Keep an eye on that one, uh, Dylan. She's going to get squeezed yeah. at the start and stuff like that. Yeah. So one, <laughs> one, one, one for the notebook. Huh? We know how it works. We know how it works. <laughs> Membership coming in fairly well, Mark, yeah. And we we have twenty five percent of the membership has been gathered. There are some members are saying that they are finding it hard that the renewal button is kicking them out and stuff like that. But keep going. I'd say it might be a connectivity issue or a PayPal issue. It is working fine. We've one hundred and fifty people that paid since the start of the match. So what I'd say we we just need to keep the push on and keep the drive on to to, to get the membership over the line. Like you know, um, yeah. like we we wanted all the people that were in the membership last year to renew. And two or three have, have emailed in to say that they're not renewing the membership, and that's fine too. But if there are people who are not renewing, just send us in a message because we will go out and get some new members as well if we want to. But we, we are trying to give the existing members the first uh, first protocol in the in the exclusive 500 people. So, okay. And Patrick Mullins, um, there'll be two horses going to Patrick's fairly soon. Okay, yeah, Katie must be ready to go in. I was going to ask you, is she going in this week? Yeah. Yeah, that's what, what Patrick said before. He said, well, check them is over. He said, We'll be taking Katie Tay into consultant stock. Um, I, I said there will be a, there's a plan to go to see consultant again for the members. So again, it'll be only paid up members. Obviously, will be allowed to go to that. So keep getting the membership in as much as the, is 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 the bottom line. Don't to avoid disappointment. Yeah, and it's easy. Go on to command command racing that I go onto the website and, and whether you're a new whether you want to be a new member. Are you an existing member? There's a button for both, and we we are encouraging new members as well. Yeah, like lads, don't miss out. The trills and spills we're going to have this year are going to be incredible, and uh, I'm looking forward to a good few days those days out as the year goes on. Uh, myself this year missed out on a lot of it last year. Uh, Fogers, TJ. Yeah, I have two, as I say in tip uh, two. Um, there are one. The first one has got to do with Patrick's Well Day of a draw coming up. The home of Mrs. Burns, uh, Keane Lynch, and Aaron Gillan. They have a big development plans out there. So they have a big draw going on in April 
where you can win a Toyota Hybrid CHR. So with Parkswell GEA, closing dating is 10th of April. The draw is the 15th of April. So if you would like a brand new car, uh, Mark, uh, for, let's say, someone close to you, log on to parkswellga.com, get in the draw, and you could win a brand new car. Nice prize. So best look to Parkswell GEA with that. Just log on to parkswellga.com. Um, second one is kind of a, maybe a bit of a sad occasion. Uh, a Limerick supporter, Tom McGrath, um, part of the Ballyboden St. Endless GA Club and Club Limerick and they've come together like to, to support their club stalwart. He had a life-changing injuries in October 2021. So Tom's a stone-mad Limerick supporter and much-valued member of Ballyboden St. Endless. Outstanding club person. He left a positive influence everywhere he met. He suffered life-changing injuries, brain injury in October 21. They've set up a support fund, the Tom McGrath Support Fund, just to try and maybe help him out and help Tom to live at home and all funds will go to Tom's immediate and long-term care needs. So that's just Tom McGrath support fund has been set up just to support somebody in the GAA world. Yeah, yeah, you will say it. And uh, I suppose on that, we, we extend our sympathies to Conor McCarthy and, and the family uh, lost his dad there before the game on uh, on Saturday. So um member of the tip panel, obviously, so we send our sympathies there. Marco, anything? No, I just I, I suppose there's a couple of preview, um, championship preview nights coming up now. I think we've won in in a Shannon Valley Rovers on Saturday night. Valley and, Rovers, uh, and the Rovers. No, <laughs> uh, there's a big crowd expected there on Saturday Saturday evening, and I think we're going to be going to do one in Limerick. I think as well, on behalf I think on behalf of the Adair GA Club as well. Um, that's Saturday. That's Saturday. Saturday. Saturday the 15th of April, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, yeah, the, the other four girls, the other championship, and okay, have nice Are you set in stone, Mark? I won't ask you for them, but are you set in stone with your three to come out of Munster? You're not set. Uh, bit, are you I think there'll be a bit more flip flopping now over the uh, after. It's a bit like the fantasy team now, right? There's no <laughs> transfers allowed in this thing, like, you know? There's, this is kind okay. of shit up my decision, like. We'll see who's down to miss the first round after all the melees and all the clipping of throwings uh, at the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> just not just our men, like, you know, our men is Boy. guilty as charged. We, we, did, we went to the first appeal. No. I don't think we're doing the second appeal. But to me, Taylor, and I'm going to reiterate what I said last week it is the wrong, it is a poor rule that if that happened at club level, you were sent yeah. off in a league match. Your next suspension is the next league match. Yeah. And how does two different rules for inter-county and league is just beggars belief. I know. Um, fairly uh, strong fogger here, lads. Uh, Wolf Tones, Shannon, the home of the Lohans. Um, the home of Aaron Shannon, Rory Hayes, Dahi Lohan, all these guys that are there at the moment. Uh, they've, they're only having one big fundraiser this year. They have a new GDA who's going into all the schools in Shannon. It needs a lift underage they, you know, from being the best club in Clare. For a lot of years in the, in the 90s and underage, they were totally dominant. To struggling a bit underage now, and they're making a great drive. And John O'Reardon, great old man that we often did battle with there over the years, is uh, on to me. They're having a, a Green Mile fun night, they're calling it, on April the 15th as well. Um, it's a new style race night where they're going to have lads uh, racing each other on static bicycles with their figures uh, going up on, on a screen. The boys will be up on stage. I think it's on in the clubhouse. Um, 
they're looking for people to sponsor a race, sponsor a rider, sponsor an ad in the program. They have fantastic prizes. A trip to New York, I think, is the top prize. So, you know, everyone in the area, Wolf Tone's a great club. We need them in Clare. They've always provided us with mighty county men, I will say, over the years. And you only look at Brian O'Connell Bach over that minor team and, and the job he's doing with them at the moment. So they've always, since I came around anyway, since Brian Lohan and, and even before that, Finbar Carrigan does, Wolf Tones have always given Clare great county men. So they want to get things going in the schools again. Uh, I got to Ken. I'd like to get to him a bit more because Mick Cregan sent in a nice uh, little message to me about all all the service he gave them and how, how good he was for the Gardaí. And you can imagine, sorry, the positive force he is. But we got it in before he goes. And finally then, Marco, I had a group of only four or five of them now. They'd been in at the under-20 match and they came out to Morty Brown's Saturday evening. I missed them because I was getting ready to go to the Gaelic grounds. I didn't know they were here. Um, and I just... Everything was okay, didn't know, but I missed them. But they left a little note. And uh, hi, Dale, oh, looking for a shout out on the pod. Bozzy Walsh and the gang from Borlahan tell Landers he hasn't a clue. All the best. <laughs> <up to Pembroke. laughs> so, you're, you're still loved by Bozzy and the crew. <laughs> so, I say we went and met him at the Galway races a couple of years ago. Yeah, oh, really, yeah. Very really, really good. Really. The boys from Borland. <laughs> the boys from Borland. <laughs> anyway, so that's us, lads. Uh, great stuff again. Thanks to Ken for joining us. Um, we'll see in in a Shannon. Is that right, Mark? Saturday night. Saturday night. Bright and early. Bright and early. And, and, and he, hi, early. you know, do you know? Do you know who's actually one of the guys that got involved with me? Right, or um, Michael O'Brien. You might remember his father. As he probably was the first fellow to put a contract in front of your nose when you he were... Dragged you he, he dragged you into the bank. He dragged you into the bank. The one Dermot. and only Dermot O'Brien. Uh, remember Dermot? I do. So I do. Dermot is my... Dermot, it's come full circle now, Dela. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. We don't have Lena, all right? We might, and, we might and, and hand over a cup of tea after Dermot. Dermot. Dermot would be a brother of the great canon Michael O'Brien. So... That's, 100%. That's, that's some there. That's some breeding there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Incredible. There's, yeah, there's, there's the connections. There's the connections now. So we'll, ha- ah, we'll have a great night. We'll have Nothing a great like night Nothing like going to Cork. <laughs> you have a lot of friends in Cork. <laughs> I have. I have. I have. And there'll be a few of them given out to me as well. There was a, last year when we did the show there in, in, in Parky Keeve, there was a couple of lads took us up very strong on a few things. Very strong. Uh, actually. Yeah. So we look forward to that again. We, we'll handle that. Uh, so... Great stuff, boys, and uh, thanks a million. Uh, congrats, TJ. You're the ten to one of that poor man in his late nineties, is he, Mark? I actually, just he actually he lost. Believe it, Paddy McAuliffe lost his wife the weekend, so somebody's to Paddy, and 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 uh, yeah, I was I was I was there the weekend, so um, yeah. In fairness to Paddy, gentleman, yeah, so tough weekend. He's definitely not poor, but uh, in in fairness to him. Always good sport, always good to lay, but just tough weekend for them. Oh. So sympathies to Paddy and the family and the death of his wife, Aileen. Oh. R.I.P. to Aileen. That's, that's, that puts things in perspective as we leave you this morning. Uh, enjoy the good weather, lads. The rain is coming again, I think. But uh, TJ, I've definitely been one of the soft seats one of the two nights. I might be able to get in both nights. I'd be trying to snaily someone to do cover here for me. 
I'll give you a show of what night I want to be getting okay. the tea Radio. and the uh, no sandwiches problem. and the sausage rolls be, that your man you, is, you, is, is feasting on every time he goes to Limerick. Like, you know, you'll be well looked after. <laughs> that's the stuff. Right, good luck. Allianz. Supporting all 32 counties through the Allianz Leagues. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on, Mayo, you've got to get Andy Moran into the game. We're missing what's the show. We're missing what's the show. Then we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster.